Hey folks, welcome into Aunt Waveland, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. Patrick Mooney is not here because he has been traded. No, uh, he is uh, actually on his way out to Washington to cover, as our producer Michael called it very aptly, the zombie series between the Cubs and Nationals, the two teams that are selling off the most egregiously. Uh, we're obviously a few hours from the trade deadline, so Sahadev and I are here to, to give you the last throws and to reflect upon uh, what has Let's hope in like so how, let's how you, hope in like five years yeah. we look at those lineups and be in like a World Series or an NLCS matchup and say like remember this when the Cubs and Nats had these lineups right after the trade deadline in 2021 that trade deadline that that set them up for this NLCS matchup <laughs> we can we can only hope uh, yes. I mean, at least for the Cubs, right? Like, we look back sure. and we say, boy, the Cubs really developed their prospects a lot better than the Nationals. <laughs> uh, okay, so obviously we reference, you know, in addition, the Nationals have sold off um, at a very accelerated pace after sort of hanging around the race. And then they, they the whopper with the Dodgers, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And uh, they also traded old friend Kyle Schwarber to the Red Sox. And then late uh, Thursday night, Daniel Hudson to the Padres. So, I mean, it's, it's four very important players to that team uh, sent out. And then for the Cubs, as of the time we're recording, uh, obviously the Jack Peterson trade back when, Andrew Chafin earlier this week, Ryan Tapera early in the day on Thursday, and then the one that kind of drives almost all of the conversation right now. And it was uh, a big surprise to me. It's Anthony Rizzo, of course, sent to the Yankees. And I think. Equal parts shocked that it was the Yankees. I just did not see that coming, particularly after they added Joey Gallo. Um, you know, I, I it kind of bought into the idea that if it was going to be anywhere, it was going to be the Red Sox. There was just an obvious fit there, both from his perspective and from the need from the Red Sox. So did not see that coming, and I just wasn't prepared for it. So I, I still haven't, to be honest, I still haven't entirely reacted to it yet because I'm just kind of like, I was so shocked. And I know there's more coming, so I'm like not going to let myself react much because it's going to be a bigger thing than Rizzo, clearly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think uh, uh, I heard a very tiny uh, rumor that I didn't really believe earlier in the week that uh, to watch out for the Yankees, and I didn't really believe it, so I never and I couldn't really get real confirmation, so I so I never wrote it or or, or did much with it. Uh, I was still shocked. Can I, can I ask you something for, cause I think people would be interested. How often do you hear things like that? That's maybe from someone you're like, yeah, they might know something, but I, eh, I don't see it. So, so you kind of, cause otherwise you'd be overwhelmed. Yeah. This stuff. time of year, you, you hear it when you reach out, you ask around and I know who like, and I can, th- this person wasn't say, like this even person, this person wasn't even saying like, it was like. I know this to be true. Like you should really dig into this. They just kind of said like, I was like, I, I, I think we'd been hearing some Rizzo stuff and that someone had said it's more than the Red Sox. So I tried to find out who it could have been. And everyone, like when I texted, mostly said, are you hearing Red Sox? Are you hearing Red Sox? And then someone said, you know who would make sense? It's the Yankees too. And the way they said it. And when I asked them, I'm like, do you like, have you heard anything? And they're like, nothing con- it was nothing concrete which is what i get a lot i get that a lot though i'll text people 
sometimes when it's out of the blue and they text me, I take that a lot more seriously. But when I'm asking around and someone says, yeah, you know what? I've heard this or you know what? There's a lot of rumors. I don't know how great I feel about this, but this is what I've heard. Stuff like that. Uh, I mean, that especially around this week, you hear a lot because you're sending out a lot of texts and the people that get back to you are kind enough to share what they've heard. But most of them will be like, listen, I this is just what I'm hearing. Don't like I don't. I don't know how good it is. There are some people that'll text me and be like, dig into this. I'm hearing this and it's strong and you're going to want to find out if how true this is type stuff. And that's when I really, that's when we really go hard after stuff. But yeah, it's it, around this time in the winter, there's just a lot of stuff that flies around and, and you have to, sometimes I kick myself, especially when I don't tell Ken <laughs> there's, there's stuff that I'm just like, ah, Ken would have nailed that if I just would have told him, but I didn't feel like it was worth wasting his time. But now I know, like I'll just text him anything I hear, even if it's stupid, uh, even if it sounds incredibly stupid because so many times, not so many, but there's been a couple times where I've heard something in passing and I was like, I don't have time to dig into that. That's barely, you know, that's barely relevant. And then it turns out to be, uh, turns out to be bigger than I thought. You know what? Find out. I've heard that the Cardinals are in on Chris Bryant. Go ahead and check that out. Send send that one (laughs) to Ken. See if... uh, See how he receives Yeah, loop on that one. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I don't want to get... You know, people are going to be listening to this throughout the day and then potentially even up to the deadline and and things will have happened. So, I don't want to get too stale. But a thing that isn't going to change is after this deadline, there's kind of two things to talk about. It's what's what's going to happen to the Cubs in the months ahead. And, and I don't actually know that that is a huge conversation for today because I think we both know what's going to happen. It's it's a two-month opportunity to get a look at guys that the Cubs want more information about before the offseason. And uh, I'm looking forward to that personally. There's a lot that I want to see that, that, you, that they couldn't really do when they were still trying to win. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the question is the offseason. And there's there's a lot of layers to that that I keep kind of pushing people off. I'm like, look, there's a lot we don't know. It's sort of not really worth speculating. I'm like, oh, the Cubs are going to do this. They're going to do this. But the one that I feel like is fair in the wake of the Rizzo trade and any others that are coming is the big question. Like, is there a chance that they re-up? You know, is is this trade, whether it's Rizzo or whether Bryant or um, if Javi Baez, something were to happen, I mean, are they the kinds of deals where you say, yep, that's that. That's the end, which is pretty typical trade deadline guy in a walk year. You, you just don't assume a comeback. Or are these relationships in some way special enough that it's like, no, they'll, they'll revisit in the offseason. There's no love. There's no hard feelings. It's still whatever that connection is. Um, that's the big one people are asking. Yeah, that's a, a I mean, it- when we asked Rizzo, so we saw Rizzo out on the field, and and, and he was kind enough to come and talk to us uh, uh, when we all ran down there to try and get him. He he kind of deflected on that. He said he's focused on the Yankees, and you know he obviously loves his loved his time in Chicago. I I haven't heard anything concrete there yet. You know, it's mostly been uh, trade stuff, not like beyond this this winter, not beyond the season stuff. So. I, I think we'll be able to figure that out sooner rather than later, in all honesty, if, they're, if they'd be open to that. We, we could figure that out in, through back channels. But honestly, I'd be a little surprised. I feel like uh, they're going in a different direction, and moving Rizzo is one of those 
you know, one of those signs. Maybe I'm off on that because if they do trade, if they end up trading Javi and Bryant, I don't think you close the door on all three of them. Uh, but I just right now, my my initial gut feeling is Anthony Rizzo will sign a free agent contract somewhere else. Uh, but that's, that's mostly my gut and just kind of reading the situation. I think they're, I'm very curious to see how th- we, we can dig into this more, uh, down, you know, in the winter, but I'm very curious sure. how they attack this off season because I, they, they have traded for a lot of young guys and this is a good package, uh, in return for, for, uh, Chris Bryant, uh, fan has Alcantara as their number two, Anthony, Anthony Rizzo. What did I say? Did Anthony I say Chris Rizzo. Bryant? You said Chris Bryant, which might be true by the time Uh, this goes. Yes, yes, sorry. It's a good – like Kevin Alcantara is a good return uh, for Anthony Rizzo. He's a a solid prospect. I think Fangraphs has him as their number two prospect. They have him just ahead of Preciado, which I think is – that's impressive, and I trust Fangraphs a lot. Their their analysis and their connections in the game are strong. Uh, And then – you know the the pitcher. I know he's a little older, but but he's coming back from injury. He had a year off of development. All those all those reasons that that we know about for minor leaguers. Both I've gotten decent reports. High upside, high risk, right? And that's exactly the report I got on the Darvish return. I'd say right now the Darvish return looks really good, and in the sense that if uh, Jed is true to his word, what he said over the winter that you know their these players' timeline isn't the Cubs' timeline, I think that's a good situation to be in. Gather as much talent that you believe can click or look good, even if it's at the lower levels, and continue to get good uh, reports on those guys. And if if they become trade bait, great. If they move quickly through the system, great. Uh, whatever it is, look at what the Padres are doing now. They're dealing from depth. Look at what the, the Dodgers were able to do what they did to get Scherzer and Trey Turner because they have tremendous depth and high impi- impact prospects at the top. They have both. So they didn't feel bad giving up the guys that they did because they have so much depth. I, I think they have, I, I, I can't remember. I think they have another catcher better than Kiebert Ruiz in their system, along with Will Smith, who is very young and their starting catcher. So, and great, you know, these they have so much talent that they can trade Kiebert Ruiz, who is who instantly becomes, you know, the Nats' top prospect or one of their top prospects, and and it doesn't really hurt the Dodgers. So that's that's where the Cubs want to be. That's where they've wanted to be for years, and that's where Jed's trying to get them right now. Uh, I know fans are going to be like, "Shut up! Don't don't tell me about how good Kevin Alcantara <laughs> is." They just traded away Anthony Rizzo, and you have every right to feel that way, and you should be upset, and you should be sad to see, you know, the face of the franchise go, but this is where they are right now, and we've been kind of gearing up for this for months, and, uh, you know, I, I get get the frustration and the sadness and all that stuff. That That's very fair, and, and if you don't want to hear about the return, then that's fair, but but that's, that's where they are right now, and I think... Jed did a pretty solid job on the Rizzo return. Let's see what happens with these next two. I think Kimbrell is the real key, uh, but with the Bryant and Davies rumors flying, I think I, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with this Mets with these Mets rumors because especially with the, now we finally saw it yesterday. Steve Cohen is a, you know is kind of pushing for that deal. The Mets haven't made that big deal yet. This is what Jed wanted. Jed wanted an owner. <laughs> That would come down and say, we need to make a big deal. We need a splash. We need. And now what's what's happened? The Yankees have made a big splash and taken all the headlines. 
I, I know sometimes it doesn't seem rational or like, no, people don't act like that. People don't say, care what the cross town. Listen, owners get frustrated and th- this is their investment. This is their baby. They want things to go certain ways. If the owner starts pushing for it and Steve Cohen, we don't know a lot about him yet. Outside of that, he's willing to throw his money around for the right players. Uh, if he gets involved, this could turn out to be a good thing for the Cubs. Let's see what happens in the next, what do we got, five hours here. A couple baseball-y points on that as it relates to the transactions that that calls to mind. One, uh, I did like to see that the Cubs included cash, significant cash, in the Rizzo trade to improve the return. Uh, They uh, also included cash in the Andrew Chafin deal to improve that return and didn't need to in the Tapera trade because he wasn't making hardly any salary, but... Uh, you know, I was heartened by that because we had talked about that for weeks that, you know, the Cubs had said, oh, we got the money to add if whatever. And all right, well, then fine. Then you have the money to eat if it's going to improve the prospect returns. Now, I say that with the caution that if and when Bryant and Kimbrell were to go, you can't assume that the trade partner wants that cash. You know, they may not want to give up as much prospect. So just because the Cubs are willing doesn't mean they can force that. So let's just keep that in mind. Uh, and then secondly, you know, one little bit about the Rizzo trade that is a, I wouldn't call it a kindness to him because we know, I, I don't think he wanted to be traded, but that will help him is he now cannot be attached to a qualifying offer after the season. And it sure felt like he was a guy, given the age, the back, the trajectory, that there was a chance that he was going to fall into that limbo zone where it's like, uh, dude, if you've got that draft pick compensation attached to you, uh, that's going to hurt your market. And now he can't be hurt by that. And so that this trade will could considerably help his market in the off season. And so that's, um, you know, if, if you want to think nicely, you can be like, well, that's, that's one part of gift that the Cubs have given to him. And uh, it, it will also perhaps make it that much harder for the Cubs to actually resign him in the off season. All right. So leaving the trade deadline stuff behind for a bit, because we will have time to, to go over, who was traded and legacies and impact and all of that stuff. Cause I do want to talk about it. I do want to feel those feelings. It's just, it's just too active right now to, to really dig into I mean, that. Rizzo so even instead that. Rizzo, Rizzo kept saying, right. Like, I mean, give me oh, a couple I t- days. I, let me say too, respect the hell out of the guy that he came and talked to you guys right after learning that he'd been traded from the place that he's been for a decade where he was the face of the Cubs. He's so synonymous with this city now um, for him to, to ha- to even, be there and be honest and be like, you know, I just, you know, I can't process this yeah. stuff now. And uh, it was, a, he, he that was, was about that was to impressive. not. And then, and he's like, I'll get you guys tomorrow. And we're like, I don't think we're seeing you tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right. He's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so it was, it was very nice of him to, to give us some time. Um, so with that aside for a moment, um, what as we look ahead to the final two months, is there a particular part of that, you know, I mentioned earlier, the sort of this watching and studying process that you hear at the front end of it are, are like, okay, yes, this is what I'm looking forward to seeing because it's going to inform so much of the offseason. Yeah, it's it's hard, right? There's no like position player that I'm eager, eagerly awaiting that I can think of. I think there's a couple things. I'll I'll say this. Uh if Javi's still around, just how Javi's playing, how he's looking. Uh same with Wilson. I I hope to see energy from them and and uh uh 
maybe not uh, you know i'm not sure if, if especially javi javi wants to be a vocal leader in in any way just like it, it i don't think that's what he's comfortable doing uh but he's a energy leader and and i want to see that still they're they're going to be out of the race it's going to be a tough time uh these last two months so so let's just see them perform and then still uh still give david ross what he's gonna need to kind of keep the team focused even though the you know no, nobody and nobody's really thinking playoffs with this team right uh and then beyond that it's the development of alzali and and the cutter and verse lefties uh justin Steele's gonna make a start he's been looking great at iowa how good how does that translate to the big leagues it's gonna be so huge him keegan thompson will be stretched out those three guys one of them needs to become a three or better right right now i think alzali the last few starts major questions we, we all have major questions we were all excited how good can this guy be uh can i just note by the way after that last start he officially became yeah. it's the worst starter in baseball against lefties. Yeah. Oh, the, is the he worst. the worst starter against lefties? Yeah. Um, hey, man. Depends, Joey on, your, on, depends on your metric of choice. but How yeah. can you get Joey Votto? Nobody gets yeah. Joey Votto uh, out anymore. That doesn't uh, count. You're right. I should have I should have deleted that from the day. Uh, but no, it's it's been rough. And it's uh, I think he I think the main thing there is he's not using his arsenal right right now when it comes to the lefties. He's not executing the pitches. So we, we got to figure out what's going on there. Can he can he use his arsenal properly or is it just not? Is it is it going to be something where it's like, OK, this guy's a reliever, maybe a multi inning reliever, but. We're not going to be able to get six, seven innings out of this guy. That That's possible. That Maybe that's the reality. But these are the types of things we need to have a better idea about. You don't need to make the ultimate decision over these next two months. But but you have to have an idea. And then uh, the, there's going to be relievers that I think are going to be interesting, right? Manny Rodriguez will come up at some point. I don't know if it'll be today, but uh, he'll he'll be up. And and I think that that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh Jake Jewell looked pretty good yesterday. I don't know if if that's a if it, I honestly don't know much about him beyond just seeing his name in box scores at Iowa. And then Ben Leeper is a guy that may or may not come up. I haven't asked anyone about him as far as coming up this year. I'd be a little surprised if he came up and they started the clock, but maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe they look at it as you know this guy's going to be on the team next year and 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 whatnot and and let's just get him up and whatever but he's he's a major league reliever and and he's a, the from all my reports this guy's a high leverage major league re- reliever which is nice they're finally develop the, developing these types of guys i think rodriguez may be a, a high leverage reliever so let's see what they get uh i think i think to really feel good about I shouldn't say really feel good to really know how to break down these next two months and what what more to look at. It, it, we're going to have to see Bryant and and uh, and Kimbrel what their returns are uh, if and when they're moved. Uh, other than that, I, there's not. Is there? Am I missing a position player? Because I mean, you want to see what Nico well, does. You want to see what Sergio Alcantara does. You want to see how Patrick if Patrick Wisdom closes the hole at the top of the zone or if he can even slightly adjust. So there's uh, things all over the place that that you could point to, but I'm not sure if there's anything I would really grab a hold of and say this position player. I'm really excited to see what they can do. Yeah, I don't think anyone from that group, those complimentary guys, Nico, maybe is his own thing. I, for Nico, I think it's just be healthy and yeah. get reps um, because it, it, we forget he just has so few professional plate appearances. Um, but with the other guys, those complimentary guys, I'd include Matt Duffy in there, although he's not controlled next year. 
the Cubs will get the first crack at, at bringing him back. And so I think with them and David Bodie as well, Rafael Ortega, I think you just, you're, you're not going to get enough from these final two months to say, oh yes, this guy, he's locked in. He's, he's going to be our ex next year. But I do think you will get additional information that will set up maybe some priorities in the offseason. What you're going to target, what the way you're going to think about your collection of players, um, who you're going to keep on the 40 man all offseason. And so Ian um, Happ, there's I, a there's a name. Yeah, because right now it's like, hey, can I ask yeah. you, is he is there a chance? Does he become a possible non-tender, like a discussion yeah, I, non-tender I was just candidate? About to say, I can't even believe I'm asking. I don't I can't know even believe because I'm asking. it's it's so rough right now. Well, he did just hit that home run, right? Uh, you got to hope that something like He's that fixed. that something like that can get him going because I do wonder how much stuff got in his head. You try so hard to get out of this hole, and and you just and and you start overthinking things. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with my approach? Am I swinging at the right pitches? And then you start. Uh, swinging at the wrong pitches to try and make things happen. Uh, it's just been a really weird mess. Uh, I know people have strong opinions about him. Uh, I think it's a much more nuanced discussion than saying he's terrible, get rid of him. Uh, but I also am having a hard time defending him at the moment with the performance he's had. It, like This is a results business, right? Like You can't just keep saying, well, he, he has a good approach. We've seen this in the past. I, he's still young. You can say all that stuff, but eventually it's got to click. Eventually it's got to come together. And what, what you don't want to happen is you non-tender him. He goes and has Kyle Schwarber first half uh, somewhere else, right? <laughs> uh, so so you just have to hope that uh, these final two months, uh, if the pressure comes off, if he gets out of his head and, 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 and it physically comes together, that'd be great. It can kind of settle in. I'm assuming he'll be playing a lot, uh, but you never, you also never know. Like there's so many, you know, Ross is still going to try and win games regardless. But, uh, but I think trying to figure out what you have with Ian Happ, I, I know like there are people yelling at the podcast right now. We know what we have with Ian Happ and, and I get it, but you have to keep giving this guy a chance. Can I yell back? Can I yell back at them <laughs> sure. a little bit and say, he has always hit before this year. He has always hit. I don't care what you think you know. Clearly, you have some bizarre bias that is causing you to have blindness to the actual results and statistics. He has always hit until this year. Now, that's not me saying that he's been unlucky or something this year. He hasn't. There are issues this year with his the quality of his contact is not there this year, and I don't know what's generating it. Uh, so that's legit. So that's why Sahadev says correctly, you have to see what's going to happen in these next two months to give it that full year. But for the people who are like, this is who he always is that we already know, you are factually yeah. wrong. It drives He's me not crazy. like, what is he, like a 65 way to run created plus or something like that? Or is it better than that? It's Yeah, he's, yeah, he's always been one of the 10 worst hitters. Yeah, like he's, yeah, a, he's normally mm-hmm. like a 120. Like even, like even before he got sent down, like the year before, it was a decent opiate. Like, he has his issues. He has he's a flawed player even when he's at his best. Like I just think that people need to need to understand that that there are you can be a flawed player and still be a productive player and and he was. Uh is he a top t- is he 
Is he a top 10 pick uh, type player? I don't know. I don't know if he's that. I, I don't think he's that player that he was for the first month of 2020. I'll say that. Okay. He He's not like this impact offensive player. It's 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 starting to, it looks like that, that month is like what he can peak at. Okay. So if you get, if you get a month of that, two months of really good baseball, a month of bad baseball, and then two months of meh baseball, that adds up to, to a pretty good season, right? But it's also going to frustrate people, and that's the reality. There are a lot of players like that that are up and down like that. So I think you just you kind of you kind of kind of kind of take it and and hope that you have more consistent or different types of players around him. I, I think that's the key, right? Filling in the gaps around these guys. That well, this guy's flawed in this way. This guy's flawed in this way. Let's make sure we have a, a diverse lineup and that we spend the money on the right players and bring in the right types of players and. You know, I, I think they they had tried to do that at times, and then they did not do that for a few years because of the budget uh, restrictions. Uh, but some of the ones, like some of the moves that they made didn't pay off, right? That was what Jason Hayward was supposed to be. He was supposed to be that different type of hitter in the lineup, the guy that could have a he, – he may have the same OPS plus as Ian Happ, but would get there in a completely different way. But that's not happening. Well, now it is. Jesus, I just <laughs> it is happening now. <laughs> it's, it's, geez, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> they do. They get there in a different way to the same place. Uh, so, well, by the way, though, isn't that funny that they were the two best hitters last year on the team? Almost identical in terms of end result stats, yeah. right? They were almost identical, but they got there in very different ways. And then this year, almost identical again in end result and in very yeah. different ways. Huh. We've 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 discovered something here. I don't so know what. Is. I don't know what it is, but I don't know what. But we've Brett, got I gotta say we we've gone all podcasts without even mentioning it. But you seem uh, cogent and uh, like you're able to complete sentences. I did not expect. I expected you to be covered in like nacho cheese and like half awake and and like you know like a backwards T-shirt. Uh, like wandering the streets and very confused, but you're you're lucid. This is impressive. Yeah, you know what the secret is? <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so what Sahadev is referencing, of course, is so I'm in the middle of I do a, a 40 hour straight blogathon at the trade deadline. Uh, we're raising funds for Make a Wish, and so I've been up all night uh, since like we yesterday morning, and it is now the next day morning. Um, and the nacho references, you know, I did a little bone software where I, I got the nacho helmet and the bleachers. I ate them. Luis, uh, Bleacher Nation, our, our buddy Luis, uh, helped me eat them because, oh my God, that would have killed me if I actually tried to eat them all myself. But we did, the two of us, we housed almost all of that. And then I wore it. And I tell you what, I said, I, cause I promised I would do it, right? And I, by the end of the evening, overnight, so you can see, I, I have obviously showered since then. But my head was so hard, it was like I had sprayed an entire can of hairspray on my head. And that hairspray, by the way, was nacho cheese scented. So it was really gross. Warm nacho cheese scented. And not the kind that you're warm you want to dip your chips in. The kind of warm you left out in the sun to bake in the bleachers all day. With some curdled sour cream oh, in there. Geez. I mean, it was really oh. gross. It was genuinely yeah, really sure. gross. But uh, uh, See, like that's the type so, of stuff they're – Things like like being sticky is one of those things that I nope no like go take a shower immediately or like you oh, know jump in so a how pool. Did you, like, you wouldn't have survived like, in the modern pitching era. <laughs> you can't be sticky. You 
Your spin rate would have been garbage. Uh, and I'm impressed. They should try nacho cheese. I think cheese, you you got a little I can, lucky. I can attest you it. got a little lucky that yesterday was about 10 degrees cooler than it was the previous days. But being out in the sun, it, it, like I don't know, it, it was rough. It's yes. hard. Like that exhausts me too. Like if you spend all day Same. without like getting breaks, especially. I I went to a White Sox game about two weeks ago. Got home and just like laid on the couch and I was like nobody come close to me i'm dead for the rest of the day and i went to bed at nine o'clock for the first time in like two years uh <laughs> like i i was just done i like literally like laid on the yeah. couch called like ordered a pizza for the kids and like just laid there for the rest of the night so i i don't know how you've done this uh very impressive but all obviously for a great cause and you do it every year and i i you know I, you this one this year is at least there's a lot going on, but the overnight you must have been like uh, going a little loopy. But <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. So uh, yes to all of that. Thankfully, since I've done this so many years now, I have matured in my approach to know. Like it was about the third inning yesterday where I was like, "Oh shit, this is going to kill me if I don't take ameliorative action." And so like I would go and spend an inning down oh. below in the cool zone just Good to try move. to you know, not bake. And so I did go with that. I probably drank, no joke, 12 bottles of water. I just kept filling it up and chugging it. So that was good. Um, but admittedly that overnight period, I'd had that adrenaline rush from the Rizzo stuff and like covering, 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 and then like 1am, 2am hits and the heat and all of that. And, um, that definitely was like the physical crash. I didn't get sleepy really. Cause I think the caffeine was still working. It's magic, but I did get very like, I just couldn't get up off the couch, you know, it's like, uh, but, um, but yeah, sun comes up. I'm feeling good. Uh, the, the big thing is I just hope, as you said, thank you very kindly that I still have a little bit of cogence to me right now. And I hope that carries over to like when I've got to write up some complicated yeah. stuff pretty soon. I suspect. Yeah. I, I mean, and uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot. And I, like I said before, this is a this is a weird period for Cubs fans. Uh, there were some angry messages that I got on Twitter yesterday that I was a little thrown off by and a little annoyed by. But then I was like, okay, I remember being a fan. Uh, people, this is this is a difficult time for Cubs fans, so I get it. Uh, this is this is a tough time for Cubs fans. I I look at it very differently now. It's my job, and and I'm trying to look at it as well. This is a point that they've been wait like coming to and this was inevitable and what's the best result for the team for them to not be bad you know in soon right you don't want years and years of poor play and while fans what what gets me about fans right now uh is that well they're going to be terrible forever and they'll never spend money again and and really what, what i'm really confused by is they look at the pitching rotation and they're just like well that's not good enough it's like with that's not who's going to be their pitchers next year. It's not going to be just those guys. So, so just remember that it will look differently. The the team that that is on the field tonight in DC is not going to be the team that opens the season next year, wherever the hell they open the season. That's like yeah, fans need to understand. And happens- they may not spend right away. They not, they may not go out and get the best. Uh, uh, free agent. They may, they may go out and spend this off season. I'd be a little surprised if they spend huge bucks this off season, but they are going to spend again. And if they don't, then everyone d- should be up in arms about it. But they're they're going to win again. They 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 they're going to try and put a really good product on the field again soon. 
So what we're seeing right now is just part of the process, and it's a difficult part of the process, and it's also a very difficult part of the process for fans to say, like, oh, I get it. I see. I can do that. That's It's not your job to, to be able to look you know, way down the line, whether it's a year or two, it's, it, that's our jobs. And, and we're supposed to try and take a rational look at it. So if you want to yell and scream and be upset, I get it. But I think this is looking a little bit better than I expected as far as, as turning this system around. Now it's about how do you execute the final parts of it? And then how do you develop the players? All those little, little things that, you know, Brett, Patrick, and I will, will be talking about for the next month year however long it takes months years yeah. not months. all that all that's spot on and just remember i try to remind myself anything that happens from here doesn't change anything that happened before i mean that that all is locked in we got to experience it it's a part of our shared experience as cubs fans it's a part of our either real or imagined relationship with these players and that's gonna carry forward uh, and so i think that you got to remember, we're going to establish new relationships. There will always be new stories. There will always be new things to experience as fans, uh, lest sports disappear over the centuries that they've existed. And I think that that probably isn't super comforting to people right now. It's a little comforting to me. So maybe I'm just saying it for my own purposes. But I think in time, we will see that. And until then, we go through it. So that's what we will do. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, good luck getting through the trade deadline. Good luck to us. Good luck to you, Sahadeh. Good luck to Mooney covering the zombie baseball tonight. And uh, we are on to Waveland. I don't think I've ever said that. We are. It's like we're a band. We are on to Waveland. Uh, hello, Cleveland. We are on to Waveland. Uh, I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadeh Sharma. You can get his at The Athletic. Patrick Mooney as well in Abstentia. And we'll be back at you early next week to break down some more trades and more about what's coming. Um, you know, like I said, I look forward to it. So we will see you then. Until then, feel however you want to feel, fan however you want to fan, and we'll talk to you soon.